It is our privilege today to have our youth minister bring the message. And this is Pastor Lucas Prado. He has been on staff here with us since this past September. We thank the Lord for him and for his dear wife, Maria. And we're thankful for the wonderful ways in which he has been connecting with our young people and the whole congregation. And we just praise God for him, for his wife. Good morning. How are you doing? That's true. Like this month of December, especially this, this Sunday, the first Sunday of December is really special for us. First of all, because we are just entering the month of December, right? And we can just enjoy this Christmas moment and, and celebrate actually more than just a festive day or uh, some days we're just going to have with our families. We can celebrate that many years ago, more than 2,000 years ago, our God, in His whole mercy and love and grace, He just gave us His only Son to come here on earth, to live here on earth, and to show us the path, which is Himself. Because He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life, and we can just celebrate that. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles with me over there in the, in the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 15, I really wanted to, to preach this morning about the coming of the angel to Mary in, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2 and, and the revelation of the Holy Spirit through the angel. But this whole week, God was speaking to me so much about this passage in chapter 15 and I was kind of kind of fighting with God about what I, what I should actually just share with you this morning here. And he was putting my heart, no, you need to share this story, the parable of the prodigal son. And, and this is a very partic particular story, and, and for me, actually, it speaks so much with my own heart. So I'd like you just to be open to this, be open to the Holy Spirit so that He can just move in our way. He can just move in our midst here. He can do His will because His will is always sovereign. It is always perfect. Amen? Luke chapter 15, verse 11 says, Luke, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estates. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the other son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, What was going on? Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look! All these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered all your property, all his estates, all his share with prostitutes comes, he comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours, this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Dear God, thank you so much for your word, God. And we come to you right now this morning because we want to hear your word. We want to take part of your word in ourselves. We want to meditate in your word. And we want you, Holy Spirit, that brings your word alive inside of us to transform our lives, to change our lives, to do your will, to show us through this parable here your whole gospel, your kingdom. And what is your will for our lives? So we can go on and we can live your life, God. We can live in your kingdom. We can live in your house. And we can do your plan, not just our plans. We come here this morning and we just ask God, please speak to our hearts this morning. Change our hearts. And Holy Spirit. Just walk in our midst, changing our hearts, doing your will, pouring out more and more of yourself inside of us. So we can feel glad, so we can feel the joy that the world, they, 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 they are trying to pursue in their lives. And we have here available for us, God. Thank you so much for what you have done. 
In Jesus' name we pray to you, God. Amen. Who are you in this story? My question is, if you think about your life, if you analyze what you're living right now in your life, who are you in this story? The younger son? The elder son? Or the willing to become like the father? And I ask this, being totally humble, because when I come to this parable here, I understand my own life. I am the younger son. I am the elder son. And I long, I desire to become like the father. And this parable here, it is really interesting because this parable reflects not simply a story that Jesus is telling to someone here. But this parable reflects the whole gospel. The concept of the kingdom of God is here in this parable. And the stages and the cycles that we have in our lives and the decisions that in each one of these stages and cycles we need to make in our own lives. Who are you? The prodigal son, the elder son, or the father? It's interesting when we just come here to this parable. The first verse in verse 11, the first two words says, Jesus continued... Actually, this parable is not just a parable that we need to analyze by itself. But this parable, it is the continuity of the teachings of Jesus Christ that he was trying to show to a specific audience. And before this parable, if we can just look in the, in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 15, before the parable of the lost son, of the prodigal son, Jesus is teaching about the parable of the lost sheep and of the lost coin. And he was teaching these parables for two specific audiences. He was teaching for a group of people that they were the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And in the other side, you have the tax collectors, the sinners. And in the beginning of the chapter 15, the Pharisees, they ask, Who is this man that welcomes sinners and eats with them? And then it is the moment that Jesus he started to just to teach these three parables here. And when we come to the parable of the prodigal son, it is the continuity of the idea of what Jesus is just trying to show them. These two groups, in one side the Pharisees, the religious leaders, all their law, all their understanding about what God wanted for their lives. And in the other side, the outcasts. The tax collectors, the sinners, the ones that this other group here was saying, are you able, are you really, really, really interested in this type of people here? The parable of the prodigal son is the parable that reflects the idea of the whole kingdom of God and the ministry of Jesus Christ. What Jesus Christ was just trying to show to all the people he was just going to through teachings, through all the healings, through signs and wonders. And he was trying to embrace them in the understanding of what is my kingdom. And my kingdom, it talks about the love of my father. And the love of my father is not just for some of them. 
them. It is for all of them. It is not available just for some of them, but to all of them. And they needed to embrace this. The parable of the prodigal son. It is interesting because in the parable of the prodigal son, we have a reflection of two sons and one father. But before that, if you can just look for the other two parables. The parable of the lost sheep, you have a hundred sheep. How many they're lost? One. You have ten coins. How many they're lost? One. Now you have two sons. How many are lost? One. And it is interesting because if you can care for your possessions, your sheep, if you can care and you can value the, the possessions that God has given to you, if you can care for the money He has given to you, how many more should be your hearts just drawn to the ones that they are the beloved ones for God, our brothers and sisters, the family of God. And when we come here to this parable, I'd like just to simply open the Bible with you and, and, and in a few minutes, just to show you the concept, different concepts that we have with each one of them, the younger son, the elder son, and the father. And it is interesting because when we just come to the younger son, we can just see in verse 12, the younger son saying to his father, Father, I want my share. I want the share of my state. I want what I have as part of my inheritance. I want what is mine. And when he comes and he asks his father, we, we don't have the understanding here in the Bible, why he is asking for his share. Why, why he wants simply his share right now. And it is interesting to understand this because the reason why he wanted his share, it is because he simply wasn't satisfied at home. He simply wasn't feeling that, okay, I really have a sense that I belong here. He simply didn't have in his mind that, okay, I must be home. And I'll continue to be home. No, he had a sense of curiosity in himself. He wanted to explore other things. He wanted to explore other options. He wanted to see what the distant country, the world, could just bring to him. And the idea of the share, if we just go back to the Jewish tradition, actually the elder brother, he always have the double of the inheritance compared to the other brothers and sisters. So in this case, as being two sons, the younger son, he had one third of the share of the state. And the elder son, he had two thirds of the, the, the share. And the father, he goes, he gives to him. He just goes and, okay, you, you want this? I'm not satisfied, I'm not pleased with him. And later on, we're going to say, when he just repents about his attitudes before, he just comes to his sense and he says, I have sinned against heaven, against God, and also against you, because I know that this didn't bring pleas for you. This didn't bring pleasure for you, sorry. It wasn't the, the best decision that he could have. There's a, a very... 
important writer, Henry Newman. I don't know if you have heard about him, but he has a lot of very good books. And one of his books, it is The Return of the Prodigal Son. And he says in his books that, in his book, he says that the son's living, living home is therefore a more, a much more offense, offense, offensive act, sorry, that it seems at first reading. It is a heartless rejection of the home in which the son was born and nurtured and break with the most precious tradition, carefully upheld by the larger community of which he was part. The son asking for his share. It is not simply, okay, I, I have this. I have the right to ask for this. But he was breaking up with all his tradition. He was breaking up with his family. He was breaking up with the relationship that he had with his father. And he goes to the world. He, has, he had fun in the world. He spent all his money in wild living. What is the wild living? He was just in the world and he was trying to please his own life in the world. Trying to understand what is the sense of my own life. Now I can do my will. I can do my way. I can go ahead doing whatever I want to with my life. And I know the outcome of this. It will be good. Why? Because I have the pilots. I am in control of my life. And he was having fun. But the money... Wasn't enough. And there's never enough money. It doesn't matter how much you have. It doesn't matter how much you are trying to please yourself. It doesn't matter how much you are trying to go and achieve your own goals. Our own imagination, our own resources, they are limited. And they cannot compare to the resources that the Father has. And he went there and he lived all of this and he became poor. From being the son of the father, the son of a royal family, he becomes a beggar. Begging just to survive in his own life. And he goes to the fields. He asks for one of the citizens in this, in this distant country, can I work for you? And even the type of work that he was doing was totally the opposite of his own traditions, of his background, of his family, of all the inheritance that he, that he had, all the values, the principles that he had in his life. He was working with pigs, and pigs for the Jewish tradition, for the Jewish community, it is horrible. And he was there working there. And he was even... Desiring to eat from the pods of the pigs. No, I want to eat this food that we're just trying to feed the pigs. I want to eat because I'm starving. I am almost dying here. I'm in totally starvation. But then, when we just come to verse 17, we have the understanding of the first good act that he had in his life. When he came to his senses when he came to his senses and coming to his senses reflects the understanding of the soul in our own lives we need to understand that we are made of body soul and spirit and our soul deals with our minds with our emotions with everything in our intellectual and also everything that we are feeding in our lives and when he comes to his senses he just brings to his mind oh no what am i doing with my life 
I'm here starving. I'm here almost dying. And when I remember home, when I remember the intimacy that I had with that I had with my father, and I remember how my father he used to treat his hired servants. They had lots of food. They were not dying. And I'm here in this misery. I'm here in this stage. No, I got to come back. I got to come back to my father. I got to tell him that, no, I have sinned against you. I have sinned against heaven. I have sinned and I want to come back to you. But I'm not worthy anymore to be called your son. But take me as one of your hard servants. And it is interesting because he acknowledged that he is nothing. When he's there in the misery, in totally misery, he can just understand that he is nothing. But there is something much better for me, for him. There is something much better for him and he doesn't need to keep simply living this life of nothing. This life of trying to please himself, trying to go to his own will, trying to go to his own plans. Why? Because he will fail. And why he's going to fail? Because our ideas, our goals, our plans, they can be, in our own senses, kind of good. Oh, it makes sense. My strategies, they must be the best one. And I can go on my life and I can do all of these. I can pursue my career. I can pursue my university degree. I can pursue everything. I can have my family. I can go. I can live in a nice neighborhood. I can try to live in the world and go to different places, travel, try to please myself. But when I come to my own senses, I see, but what is this all for? Where do I belong? Where do I belong? And losing everything, he just realizes, no. Once I had a life. Once I had a father. Once I had a wonderful father. And I got to come back to him. He comes back to his father. And it is interesting because when we just see in verse 20. But while he was still a long way off. He wasn't already like. In front of his father. He was in the distant country. He was coming back. But he was in a long way off. His father saw him. His father came and filled with compassion. Ran to his son. Threw his arms around him. And kissed him. See here, here the understanding of the words compassion. Last, last week in our Sunday Bible school, Pastor Cindy, and I call her Pastor Cindy because I totally think she's a pastor. And I have learned so much with her. And that's true. And, and, and even the responsibility of pastors' wives in pastors' lives, it is so important. And, and last week we were just, we were just uh, trying to understand the parable of when Jesus, he, he fed 5,000 and, in, and then at that same passage, we see that Jesus, he was filled with compassion. And the understanding of the word compassion, it is really important. Because compassion, it is totally different than empathy. I can be, I can have empathy in my life for something that I'm just seeing someone that is being hurt. Or someone that is really, really in need. And I have empathy. And I look at him and I say, yes, I have empathy for you. I see your, the, the case. I see the situation you're facing in your life right now. And... I feel in my heart that you must be in a very poor condition. But compassion is totally different. 
Compassion, I see what you are right now. And I want to be moved. I want to take an action. I want to do something about this. I want to share with you what I have with me. And it doesn't matter if you have something, but just coming to the person and sharing something with them, hugging them, embracing them, running to them. It's already a demonstration, an act, a manifestation of compassion. And that is what the Father has here. The father is filled with compassion. Then he goes. He runs to his son. He embraces him. He kisses him. He says to his father, Okay, I have sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called his, your son anymore. And he wanted to say, You know, hire me as one of your hired servants. But he doesn't finish this. Why? Because the father, he doesn't want to look at his son and treat him as one of his servants. Why? Because he's not a servant. He is my son. He is my beloved one. He is the one that my favor rests. So he just comes, hugs him, and asks his servants, bring the robe, bring the ring, bring the sandals, signs of royalty. And let's have a, let's have a celebration. Let's have a party. Let's enjoy this moment. That's the love of the father. That's the type of the father that we have here. The elder son, he was in the field. He was doing his duties. He was working his ways. And as he was doing this, he returns home. When he returns home, he sees like all that noise, all that music. Asks one of the servants, what is going on here? The servant said, no, your, your brother, he came back home. And your father, he's throwing a party, an amazing party for him. See as the servant, how the servant is aligned with the heart of the, the father. The servant, the servant answers. The servant's answer show how he is aligned with the heart of the father, with the decisions of the father. Yes, it is obvious. Your prodigal, your, your brother... The one that is totally like outcast. He was going to the world. He came back home. And for this reason, your father, your compassionate father, your loving father, your caring father, he's throwing a party for him. Let's enjoy this. Let's celebrate. And his attitude was totally different. He became angry. And that's the point that I want to share with you. The difference that we have in the two sons. One became to his senses. With his soul. With his minds and emotions said, no, I don't want to live this anymore. I was trying with my own curiosity to live my own life. I failed. I proved the hard times of this world. And I don't want to have this anymore in my life. So with my own soul, I come to my father. And the other one, he became angry. His own soul, he was there in the house. He was there in the house of his father. He was there with him. But there are two things that the, this elder brother, he did that was totally wrong. And we need to have this inside of each one of us. First of all, he lost his identity. He came to his father and said, I have been slaving here for you. No, no, no. You lost your identity. You lost the reason why you're here. You're not here to be a slave for me. 
You're not here to be treated as a slave. You're not here just to simply do all your duties. To do everything that you're doing in your life. And trying to just see that, okay, I'm doing everything wrong. I'm obeying you. I'm not disobeying you. I'm keeping your commands. I'm doing everything that is right. But if you don't have in your hearts that what I'm doing is because I am called to be a son. I am called to, be, to enjoy from a, a, a relationship with my father, an intimacy with my father. He lost his identity. And he lost also the joy of his life. Because he said, oh, you it didn't even give me any young gold. A young gold so I could go on. And I could celebrate so with who? With you, my father. No. To celebrate with my friends. Why? Because this is my life too. So for me, it seems pretty much that we have here two lost sons. One son that is lost in the world. And he comes to his senses. And the other son that is staying at home. Trying to do everything good at home. But he lost himself being at home. Because he lost his heart. He lost the purpose of his life. He lost his own identity. He lost the passion of simply enjoying the intimacy with the beloved father. Enjoying the intimacy with the heavenly father. Enjoying this relationship where I don't simply need to do something. I just simply need to come to him and say, God, I want to be embraced by you. I want to have this moment of being with you. I want to just be filled by your presence. Because you are the good, good father. You are the good, good shepherd. And you have something for me. You have something for my life. Not just so I can simply get all these skills. And I try to go on and impress the world. Impress my friends. Or just to show that I'm doing this in the house of my father. No. Because in the house of my father, I know where I belong. I know that this is my identity. I know what I was made for. I know the reason why I'm here. And I go on just to do not my will. Or not to simply just feel some tasks, some duties. But I know I want to enjoy this moment with my father. The lost of both of them. It is a loss that sometimes we can have in our lives. It is a loss when we try to find the unconditional love of the Father in other places. It could be in the world or it could be even in the law by itself. When I try to see the unconditional love that I only have with my father that pours out his love for me. That pours out his presence in my life. And I try to go on and I try to please myself or I try to find the reason of my life in others. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Why the psalmist said, bless the Lord, O oh my soul? Because it is with our soul, minds and emotions that our God, He also talks to. Our God is not just a God of a book. The only difference, the main difference of the Bible and all the other books in the Bible. Sorry, the, the main difference between the Bibles and all the other books that we find in the world. You know what is that? Because here in the Bible, 
we have a different concept from the books of the world. The world, they have the concept that you need to read what is the story of the book. You're not interested in the author of the story. The Bible is the only book that it shows you a lot of stories, but just for one purpose, so you can know the author of the book. So you can have a relationship with the author of the book. The prodigal son and the elder son. And we see here in the father, the opportunity that we have in our own lives. Because the father, he embraces one of them. Hugs to him. Kisses him. Brings a robe, a ring, sandals. Enjoy. Let's have a feast. Let's have a celebration. Let's enjoy this moment right now. And for the other one, he says, my son... Verse 31, you're, well, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours. Don't you realize this? You're always here with me. With me, not with my possessions, not with my kingdom, not with my house, not with simply my duties, not with my law, but you're always here with me. And you can enjoy this intimacy with me. And everything that I have is yours, is available for you. And when I come to God, and when I start to have this relationship with Him, I don't care anymore for the gifts He's going to give me. Because the gifts, they're just a consequence of what I have with Him. And what I have with Him is much more important than everything that I have in my life. What I have with my Father is much more important than any type of ministries that we can have in our lives. What I have with my Father is much more important than everything that we can do. For Him. Or for even ourselves. So we cannot fool ourselves thinking that doing God's will. It is doing actually what He has for us. That's the difference between Martha and Mary. It is a good thing to do all the things that we need to do. It is, to, it is, to, it is very good to do. And to build the kingdom of God. And we need to be imparted. We need to be empowered. Equipped. Equipped so we can do this. But the best thing is always being at his feet. Surrendering to him. Doing his will in our lives. Who are you in this story? Who are you in this story? Are you the prodigal son? Are you the elder son? Or do you wish to become like the father? Are you in the stage of your life that you were just like trying to look for your own pleasure, for your own will, for your own desires? And let me be honest with you, you can try to do that with your life. Perhaps you're coming to church Perhaps you're coming to the house of God, but you're saying, no, that's it for me, no more. I want to live my own life. I want to pursue my own dreams. I want to do everything according to my own will. And you can try to do this in your life. But as the prodigal son, you won't have a sense of belonging in the world. I have a feeling in my heart and I need to share this with some of you. 
Perhaps you're coming here this morning and you're saying, this is my last chance. This is my last opportunity. This is the last chance that I'm giving for this thing between me and God. Or me and this religion here. But God brought you here this morning for a reason. And He doesn't want you to focus anymore on the things that you are seeing with your own eyes. He doesn't want you to focus anymore simply on being at home but not engaging in the presence of the one that is the father of the home. He wants to present himself to you and his love, his care to you. Or are you the, the elder son? That you're home but you're lost your identity. You lost the reason why you are doing all of this. You lost even the love for others. It's interesting when Jesus he said you need to love. These are the two great commandments. You need to love God with all your heart. And love your neighbor as yourself. I cannot love others. I cannot love others. Pay attention with me. I cannot go and try to love others. If I don't have this connection. If I'm not plugged with a source of love. Which is our God. And when I have more and more of himself. Just pouring out in myself. Then I can go on. And pouring over of his presence. I can go on and I can live. And I can love others. And I can see like the Father. I can start to become like the Father when I realize that the joy of my Father is not for us simply just get in our ghettos, in our community, in our, in our, in, in where we are, in our house, and forget about the world. No, we need to love the world as God. He loves the world. As God, He loves the people in the world. His sons and daughters in the world. The one that He's trying to just bring His attention. He, the ones that they are the prodigal sons and daughters that they need to come back to Him. And we need to love them also in the same way. And the only way that you and me, and that's what I learned, learned with this story. The only way that you and me, we can love and we can become like the Father. Is when I realize that myself as the Son. As the prodigal Son. As the elder Son. I have the presence with me that is available. Not just simply for me to go in with my own strengths. Try to achieve and go back to my Father's house. No. Jesus Christ he said to his disciples. I'm leaving but I'm going to just bring here to you the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person that wants to connect to each one of us. That wants to show through our body, through our soul, with our minds, emotions, and also testifying with our spirits. What is His plans for our lives? And we need to embrace Him. When I embrace Him, the Trinity. When I embrace Jesus Christ, our Godfather, and the Holy Spirit. And understand that our God, He wants to connect with me through the Holy Spirit. In the name of His Son that paid the price for me, my life changes completely. Who are you? Who are you this morning? 